Praise the Lord. Amen. When is a good time to praise the Lord? All the time. Right? How about we try it in Spanish? Alabado sea el Señor. Alabado sea el Señor. Now, there are some from Korea who are visiting us. Uh, actually, this is their last week with us, and some of you speak Korean. Who speaks Korean here? Can you? You see how many? Right here. Okay. You want to learn how to praise the Lord in Korean? Okay, so follow me. Chunimer. Chanyan. Hamnida. You got it. Chunimer. Chanyan. Hamnida. Praise the Lord. Alabado sea el Señor. Very good. Very good. You are good, you are good students, okay? <clears throat> As uh, Kyle mentioned, the topic tonight is on praising, okay? But before we get into this topic, I'm going to use maybe five or six minutes uh, to review with you why have we been practicing uh, speaking to one another at the end of the meeting? If you have been with us for the last few weeks, you notice that we give you some time to practice with one another speaking the main points of the outline. And that is because in the first slide, we see that for God's plan, that is for his purpose, it's very important the matter of teaching. And so much that even Paul in AD 67, how about we read the verse right there? And the things which you have heard from me through many witnesses, this commit to faithful men who will be competent to teach others also. Now, if you have read uh, Paul's epistles, you know that he wrote this verse right before his martyrdom. And you have to understand Paul. He said, all the ones in Asia have forsaken me. The time of my departure is at hand. And he had received the revelation of God's plan, God's purpose, God's economy. And he's about to go. But he has a spiritual child. That's Timothy. And to him, he wrote this verse, okay? So in the next slide, <clears throat> we see, these are a few quotes, uh, teachers always learn more than their students. I, there was a time when I taught physical chemistry, and I knew I, I, I have learned physical chemistry because I was able to teach it to somebody else, okay? Then the second quote says, we learn more when we teach others. Okay, and in the next slide, we see uh, what has been called the learning pyramid. And you see there the average retention rates. Uh, if I'm just giving you here a lecture, you know how much you will retain? 5%. That's all. 5%. If we give you some reading, or you do some reading, you will retain about 10%. If the teacher uses some slides, like I'm doing it now, you may retain even more, 20%. Okay? When you have group, group discussions, 50%. But the, the highest retention rate 
is when you can teach somebody else. And that's what God needs for his purpose. That we not only receive, but we also are able to give to others. Okay? In the next slide, we see here the need of adequate teaching, both uh, shown in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, of course. This is just one verse. There are many verses uh, in both Old Testament and New Testament to emphasize the importance of adequate teaching. For instance, for the building of the tabernacle, if you go to the book of Exodus in chapter 35, that's when the actual building of God's dwelling place starts. And for that, God calls a man from the tribe of Judah. And he fills that man with the Holy Spirit, with knowledge, with understanding, and with all kinds of workmanship. But God also did something else. He says, and he has put in his heart to teach. For God's building, we do need the adequate teaching. And so, as a young person in this room, you should, be, you should uh, grasp this verse and turn it into your prayer. You can pray, Lord, put in my heart to teach. Thank you for all you have given me. Some of you were raised in a Christian family. You have received many things. But now, Lord, put in my heart the desire to teach somebody else. For what? For the sake of your dwelling place. In the Old Testament, it was the tabernacle. Then we go to the New Testament. And as part of the biggest commission to the Lord's disciples in Matthew 28, many Christians, including you, you know these last two verses of Matthew as the Great Commission. Where, well, a part of this big commission is this, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Verse 19 says, therefore go and baptize, you know, uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. That's how the Gospel of Matthew ends. I have underlined three words, them, I, you, because that's how it works. I teach you, you teach them. And it works because I'm here teaching you. 2,000 years ago, he spoke that, and it has reached us. So now you need to pick up the baton and pass it to somebody else. I, you, them. And your college years offer you excellent opportunities to practice this. You know why? Because every year, God sends to this campus, your campus, more than 8,000 new incoming freshmen, younger believers, younger than you. And God's commission for you. Maybe one day, Alex, you will go to Africa. I don't know. May, may, may never happen, but on this campus, the commission is, I, you, them. In 2017, a new wave of freshmen is coming, and God's commission will be the same. I teach you, you teach them. Okay? Let us finish with the next slide. Okay, so how about we all read 
uh, the title. Go. Very good. So we come back to 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. That's like a key golden diamond verse. I hope you all committed to memory. 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. And I have split the verse in three lines. Because here you have three cycles of perfecting. Okay? And the things which you, that's Timothy, have heard from me, that's Paul, through many witnesses or in the presence of many witnesses, these, you, Timothy... Commit to faithful men who will be competent to teach others also. Exactly the same thing as the Lord Jesus did in Matthew 28. Now, Paul, praise the Lord, he had a spiritual child. Everyone else forsook Paul, but not Timothy. It's so good that he had somebody, okay? So, it goes like this. Me, you, faithful men who will be competent to teach others also. And I like the, uh, you know, the words, will be competent. That means you are not. I am not, but you will become. Okay? And the Lord will do it in you if you allow him to do it. Me, you, faithful men, others also. And so it goes the cycle after cycle. And eventually, Austin, it reached you, my brothers. And now it is your part to pass this to somebody else. Okay, so teaching for God's, uh, the fulfillment of God's purpose is very important. It's very crucial. And I hope you appreciate the exercise we're doing at the end of my sharing every week, whoever shares, for you to practice speaking the main points of the outline. Okay, now let us go to the outline and see what is there. Okay. Of course, the title is praising, and let us read all the verse there in Psalm 150, verse 6. Go. Who loves the book of Psalms? It's wonderful. You know that this is the very last verse? That's how the book of Psalms ends. Let everything that has breath praise Jehovah. Right? Okay. So, <clears throat> in this outline... We have five main points. You have to see the main points. We have a definition. Then we are gonna, we're going to consider the nature of praising. Then we will see that praising and victory are very closely related. Then, because they are closely related, we need to practice praising. And we're going to touch a little bit on that. And finally, we're going to see that God is enthroned in our praises. Okay, so that's how it flows. You have a definition. You have the nature of praising, which is a sacrifice. Then you have praising and victory and the need to practice praising so that God may be enthroned in our praises. That's the flow of the outline. Okay, I hope you remember then let us move on to the definition. How about we read Psalm 48, verse 1. Go. Okay, so let us consider what is praise. Okay. Praise, and I have a few notes here. Uh, sometimes I may refer to them. I hope it's okay with you. But the highest work carried out by God's children is praise. Is the highest 
work. And is also the highest expression of a believer's life. To praise is to transcend everything to touch God. So when we are under trials, we can do one of two things. We can murmur or complain against heaven. That's one thing we can do. When things are not going your way, my way, we can either complain, murmur against heaven, or we can soar above the trials. Okay? And how can we do this? By praising. Praising enables us to fly, to soar above trials, tribulations, difficulties. Okay? A parenthesis here. Praising is not the same as thanking God. When we say, or oftentimes when we say praise the Lord, what we really mean is thank the Lord. To thank God means that we have received something from God and we are thanking Him for that. But when we praise God, and you, you should see the bullet there under number one, when we praise God, we praise Him primarily for what He is or what He does. Listen to this. No matter whether or not we have received any benefits from Him. Okay? So it's not the same thing. Then, concerning praising. I hope you love this one. Praising is forgetfulness of self, our ugly self. You want a practical way to forget about yourself? Praise God. And praising, <clears throat> in praising God, you forget yourself and get outside of yourself. And this is one of the greatest values of praising. is forgetfulness of self. And forgetfulness of self means health. Spiritual health. Okay? Our occupation with self causes us to, our, our, our being to disintegrate. To have many, many byproducts, many problems over occupation with ourselves. But praising causes us to experience a, 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 a shift of centers from this guy, from self, to God. Okay? Because the focus of praising is God himself. So to praise God is really to glorify God because God is worthy of all our praises of all are well speaking of what he is and what he has done. Okay? Are you impressed with the definition of praising? Okay? It's awesome. Then we move to the nature of praise. And that is a sacrifice. Okay? Let's read Hebrews 13:15. Go. Okay, so this verse mentions a sacrifice. Question, what is a sacrifice? Just consider, what is a sacrifice? And use the picture of the Old Testament. Okay, a sacrifice is an offering. And an offering 
let's say you are going to offer an ox or a lamb, right? A sacrifice or an offering means death and loss. So the person who approaches God to offer something is suffering loss. And praise comes from suffering and loss. So God wants his children to praise him in the midst of their sufferings. We should not praise God only when we have or we experience some kind of gain, but even more when we experience some kind of loss. Okay? That makes praise, our praises, a real offering to God. It's so easy, right, to praise God when everything goes okay. When I have all A's. But what about when you see that grade and it's not what you were, expected, were expecting, right? Well, you have to remember, when things are not going our way, when we are in pain or trouble, or when you feel that the most obvious response at that point will be to complain instead of, instead of praising, just remember this. At that time, why not praise God? Right? Why? Because God's throne, regardless of my circumstances, has not changed. It remains set, established in heaven. His name has not changed, and his glory has not changed either. We praise him simply for what he is, because he's worthy of all our praises. Right? So that's the nature of praise, is a sacrifice. And there are many experiences that we, you know, we have gone through, and a number of us have experienced this very thing. It's not a doctrine, this to us. In the midst of our sufferings and trials, we offer praise to God for what he is. My circumstances do not change all the things that God is and everything he has done. Okay? He's still on the throne. He's still worthy to be praised. Okay? Well, let's move on to praise and victory. Okay? You have to know something as a young person, that Satan attacks not only our prayers, but also our praises to God. And actually, his ultimate goal is to stop you and me from praising God. Why is that? Why does Satan hates more praising than praying? Why he wants to stop you from praising God? You know why? Because prayer is a warfare, but praising is a victory. You're celebrating God's triumph. Christ is victor. Satan is defeated. That's why Satan wants to shut your mouth. Because praising, when we praise God, we are celebrating God's victory over him. How about we read Acts 16, 25 through 26 in your outline? Go. Earthquake, so that the foundations of the 
Just consider Paul and Silas. They are there in the city of Philippus, uh, Philippi. Um, and consider their circumstances. They have been shot into that inner jail of the Roman Empire. Their wounds have not been healed. They are in pain. Their feet are in the stocks. They are, they are being tortured, right? And yet, they were praising God. They were singing praises to God. And when they did that, they transcended everything. Every, all the elements in their circumstances were no longer a problem. And God wants to do the same thing with you and with me. He wants to bring us to a point where all the things, all the trials, all the difficulties, all the disappointments are under our feet. They are no longer a problem. And we praise him again for what he is. And what is the issue of our praising God? Consider these, these two brothers. The, the doors of the prison were open, right? The chains fell off. And even the jailer with his family, were, they were saved. They were baptized as the result of these two brothers praising God in the midst of, a, of their difficult situation. And I believe that will happen to you here on this campus, there are many prisoners listening to you. And if you don't dwell in your problem, if you don't dwell in your disappointment, but instead you look up and see God and praise him for what he is, that will affect those surrounding you. I can tell you, I, again, I'm not teaching doctrine. I experienced this many times on this campus. I was here seven years in the PhD program, and many people got saved. Why? Because you learn not to dwell under the circumstances. But you soar above them by how? Praising God. So why not praise? You know, when unusual circumstances and problems are, come upon you, and you are bewildered, and feel like I'm about to collapse, just remember this one thing. Why not praise? If you cannot pray, why not praise? So every trial, every difficulty, every final exam is a golden opportunity for you to learn to praise God. This campus needs to be more saturated with praises to God. I challenge you to do something. I wish I, I was a student still today because when the final comes, I ask you to do this. Set aside for a few seconds your paper, and your pencil, and inwardly praise God. Praise him before the final, not after you see the A and say, oh, praise God, hallelujah for it. No, 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 before, before, right? You just praise him. Even before you get the grade, you know, oh, that was so hard. You can still praise God right there. That becomes a sacrifice, well-pleasing, acceptable to God. So redeem the opportunity, right? Learn. And that's why the next point is practice. Learn to practice praising God. Okay, so let's read all these verses in the outline. How about brothers? All the boys, First Chronicles 23.30, go.
Girls. And then everybody on Psalm 71. Okay, so we need to see the significance of praise at the very beginning of our Christian walk. I hope you see it, the significance of praising. Okay, so we should not only pray to God, but also learn all the more to praise God. So we must build up a habit of opening our mouth to praise God. Build up that habit. Open your mouth. That's why you have a mouth. You need to discover the, the usefulness of your mouth. That's why you are breathing on this earth. Let everything that has breath, says the psalmist, praise Jehovah. That's why you are breathing, to praise Jehovah. And you know what? We will be doing this for the rest of our lives, even unto eternity. So why not start practicing now while you are in college? Okay? So we need to learn how to utter Praises and how to compose praises based upon our experiences of Christ in our daily life. So we must, as we sang that hymn, we must praise God unceasingly. Right? When we get up in the morning or when we, before we go to bed, when we encounter problems in our daily lives. You know, every day, who has no problems? Well, every, when you encounter a problem, learn right there. To turn your eyes upon Jesus and praise him for what he is. Okay? You know, when we praise, Satan is defeated. The Spirit of God operates in you. The doors of the prison are open. The chains fell off. When you praise, Satan gets defeated. So, we have to praise in the morning, before going to bed. Every time we encounter a problem, when we are in a meeting like this, we need to open our mouths and praise the Lord. Right? Why being quiet? If God has given us a mouth, he has given us a spirit, he has come into us, and he's worthy to be praised. And even when we are alone, we have to practice praising God. Okay? You know... In that um, Psalm 119, seven times a day I praise you. That was David's practice. In another Psalm, he says that he prayed it three times to the Lord. But here, he says that he prays seven times. So we should not let David defeat us in the matter of praising. We have to praise God even more. Oh, life is full of golden opportunities for us to praise to praise the Lord, okay? Then, uh, finally, how about we all read the last point and the verse? Go. Okay. Okay, so God's throne, uh, mentioned here, is the highest point in the universe. And yet, He, God, sits upon the praises of Israel, okay? So God's name and even God himself are exalted through our praises. And if we want to know the throne of God in our experience, and even if we want to touch the throne of God in our experience, 
we must learn to praise God in our daily life. Okay? One thing that will help you with the merit of praising God is to know him by means of the scripture. And that is why I feel very good about us having a daily Bible reading schedule. Because by means of the word, you get to know him. You get to know what kind of God he is. You get to know his nature. You get to know his ways. And therefore, you have more reasons to praise him. So the Bible, the word of God, will open your eyes and show you all that he is and all that he has done and he has accomplished for you. And then when you are going through a difficult time, you will have a golden opportunity to praise the Lord for all that he is. So my prayer now is that the Lord will cause his praises to abound in all his children, especially on this campus. Our praises are really his glory. Right? So maybe uh, we can stop right here and we'll give you some time to practice. Okay, let us, let us see the outline again. So we define, because somebody may ask you, hey, where did you go? You say, oh, I went to a meeting with Christian students on campus. What do you cover? The topic was? Praising. Praising. Okay, and he says, okay, what was the first thing you saw? What was the first thing? We define the, what, the, what is praising. Then we saw the, then number two, we saw the nature of praising, which is a sacrifice, right? A sacrifice implies loss and suffering. That means that I can praise God when things are not going my way, right? And becomes a, something acceptable to him. Then we saw that we can experience victory through praising. When we praise God, Satan gets defeated. Okay? And then number four, we need to practice in our daily life. Build up the habit. I have a mouth. Thank you, Lord. You gave me breath. Now I can use it to praise you. And finally, God is going to be enthroned in my praises. I'm going to know the throne of God experientially because I praise him. Okay? Title. Definition, nature, victory, practice. God is, God is enthroned. Is that easy, right? Okay. Uh, Reese, let's practice, you and I. Okay, Reese, where did you go tonight? Hey, stand, stand up, stand up. Oh, wow. What, what, was the, what do you cover? Can you tell me more about it? What do you... Sure, yeah. So, I uh, see that praise, the definition of praise... Very good. And then? Is um, to transcend all things. Very good. So, where our way to transcend all things. To touch God. Yes, to touch God. Yes. Um, so, what, what is the nature yeah. of praising? Uh-huh. It's primarily a sacrifice. Yes. It's a sacrifice. It's not uh, thanking God for what he's done for you. Very good. But even in your loss and in a death situation... Mm-hmm. Very good. Regardless of how it affects you. Yes. And then? So then, um, after the nature we went to, that praising actually leads to victory. It's the yes. Way to have victory over Satan. Very good. It's more than prayer. Prayer is warfare. But praising.
Yes. Very good. Um, then we saw the practice of praising, that we need to praise God unceasingly all mm -hmm. day long. Mm -hmm. That's what David's practice was, that we need to yes. God yes. be in this practice. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, God is throne. He's enthroned upon our praise. Yes, very good. Okay. Thank you, Reese. Now I need a girl to practice with. And then I release you to practice among yourselves. Okay. So who? I know it's, uh, it's harder for... <laughs> And I don't want to pick up somebody, but uh, maybe a volunteer. Yes, come, okay. Okay, I need uh, maybe um, Juliet, can you practice with her in the sense? What I did with Reese, just, yes. But you can stand up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where did you go today? I went to a Bible study at Christian Students on Campus. And what did you guys talk about? We talked about praising today. And we learned about what praising means. It's basically our way to, um, you know, overcome our circumstances, yeah. whether good or bad. And it's a great thing to be able to do. And we also learned about the nature of praise. It's not... It's a good thing, but it's also like a sacrifice. It's our way of offering ourselves and our circumstances and everything about us to God and just showing him that he is basically, he is the one, the like only person really, the only thing in our lives that is like constant, which is a good thing. Amen, good. And um, by praising him all the time, not all the time, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Very good. Yes. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. And then finally, we have to practice praising all the time so that we can have this victory. Yeah. So even if we just do it once, we're still doing a lot better than not doing it at all. Mm. So you have to do it all the time if you can. And if you just get it once, that's even better. So, um, and then finally, if we praise as much as we can, as often as we think about it, We'll lift up the name of the Lord. Yes. We will become enthroned. Very good. And we will be able to show everyone who's really in charge. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. You know, uh, that makes me feel good because that means, you know, I did a good job passing this to you. Now it is your time to practice with one another the outline, okay? Okay, so we, we can stand up or sit down, whatever you want, and practice the outline, okay? Okay.